Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Euro Incision podcast. Gotta admit, I'm kind of slightly enjoying this podcast a little bit more. Another win for the Reds in Europe. Um, 2-0 against um, Rangers. Um, uh, plenty of change-up, plenty of talking points. Um and to and also we're going to be obviously looking at the whole of the Champions League group stages um in general and joining me on this podcast um back again love having him on it is Mr Guy Drinkle Guy welcome back hello it's good to be back it's amazing to have you back so 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 um obviously before we start talking about all the other you know bits and bobs in Europe we have to start where we have to start and of course, we are going to talk about Liverpool's game. Liverpool won two nil. Now, um, I want to get your thoughts on this one because there was a lot of change. Had to have a lot of change considering the the I must say the disappointment against um, Brighton. You know, I felt like we kind of um, were quite terrible. So you know, Klopp changes things up. He changes up his formation. Um, 2-0. Um, so give me your thoughts on that one. What did you make of the team lineup? Of course, you know, if you kind of go through the team lineup, there were some kind of changes. Jurgen Klopp playing a two-man midfield, uh, you know, people like Fabinho getting a rest. And uh, you know, um seeing Darwin Nunes start and Jota and of course Salah and Diaz. So and and obviously the back four was uh, the back four and Alison in net. So what did you make of that? Yeah, I was just really pleased with it. Like Obviously, I'm kind of annoyed that we didn't get to see Fabinho and Thiago for the for the start of the game, but mm. and I think there was usually question marks when we see Henderson in the midfield too, just because we haven't really. I don't think we've seen it since Rodgers's penultimate season. I think mm. that's that's probably the only concern there. But it was just so good to see the change in the formation because. If we lined up 4-3-3, we probably still would have beat Rangers considering the way they played, but you would have been then going into the Arsenal game and further on to the City game just wondering, like, what the hell are we doing? Um, But you go into this game, everything looks a level more competent, more controlled. And I think that just stems from the midfield because 
Trent's better protected. I think Trent has a more defined role in this one where he's basically not playing striker, right back, right mid and centre midfield. Yes, yes. Um, Henderson, I don't, I'll say simplified his game, but I think that's, it is doing him a disservice because I think it just suited him better and alongside a player like Thiago, I think it'll make anyone's job easier in midfield, but that's probably Henderson's best game. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, in a year, probably since the Everton game off the top of my head. Might be something I'm missing, but it's been a long while. So it's just nice having having change and change that worked. And I think we saw it in the attacking line. I think everyone had differing good games. <laughs> the finishing was poor, but I'm sure we'll get into that. But, Absolutely, we yeah, will. Everyone I mean, had a good game. That's the most important thing. It, it really is as well, considering, you know, like, like we said, we've got that big one against Arsenal. Um, under normal circumstances, I'm kind of rubbing my hands and, you know, like yeah. where we are right now, you know, there's a bit of dread creeping in. I can't lie. So I'm with you. I really like the fact that we changed the formation. Um, I think it was needed. And I also thought like, um, you know, Liverpool were in a really, really interesting position into this game, weren't they? Because obviously Rangers, the weakest get, um, team in the group, I think we can all agree. Um, quite fortunate for Liverpool to be playing them back to back as well to kind of, um, you know, stamp some kind of, um, you know, um, you know, I want to say some kind of authority in the group, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, because you, you did look at, you do look at, and you did look at Napoli, Ajax thinking one of them or, you know, both of them might potentially drop points and we'll get to that game, you know, in, in a while, but, you know, all those things Liverpool really have to, but at the same time, Liverpool have to, like, sort of go with it. At the same time, Liverpool can afford to be a bit adventurous. And, you know, I, I, before this game kicked off, obviously Arto Melo wasn't on the bench. I was like, maybe this is the game that Arto Melo starts and mm-hmm. Darwin Nunes has to start. You know, he needs to get scoring because that's where the confidence will come. Like you said, nobody had a bad game and you need that. You need that kind of confidence going into, you know, the, the next game and just moving forward. And, you know, you spoke about Henderson there as well. And, you know, my um, happiness, and I didn't tweet after the game um, on, on on social media. I just kind of kept it to myself. I was very, very pleased with the result and the performance. Would have been nice to get a goal from open play. But, and again, the I thought in this new formation, the, the um, we looked far more creative and more, I thought, cutthroat in attack. Mm-hmm. And I want to get your thoughts on this because I think my whole, um, and I'm not a negative Nancy, everyone knows this, listen to this, but I was looking at that game and thinking, is this it now? Um, and I like the fact that you kind of mentioned I would like to see Fab and Thiago in that two a pivot midfield because I think that's what people have been screaming out for, and I think it makes more sense in terms of the the you know how solid that would be. But is it? Were you the same as me? I was a little bit um, uh, you know, like my my excitement was somewhat kind of brought down a little because it was, in all respect, not the best team that we were playing. Um. Do you mean that we were playing Rangers, or do you mean that for being Rangers, Rangers, Rangers? Yeah. You know, like the opposition yeah, yeah, yeah. is not grand, you know. Um, but it was great that no one had a bad game, like you said, though. Mm-hmm. But that's what kind of leveled it for me a little. I didn't, I don't want to, I didn't want to read too much into it, mm-hmm. despite the positives. Yeah, I think yeah. you got to look at it that way. I think the way we've been playing, seemingly Ajax are a bad team as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Carl Matic dinged them, you know. I, he did. He put the fear of God in me, and now they got. We beat them. <laughs> we somehow beat them. Play the way we are, and then they will get on it. Napoli absolutely taunt them. Um, so yeah, that's Carl Matic's fault all over that. Uh, but yeah, I think we think we do have to look at it with a 
with a big old asterisk next to this result and performance cost. It's it's not let's be honest, they're probably a at best a relegation Premier League team, at at worst a championship team. Um it's but it's at the same time, it's just even against Brighton Brighton are a good team. Yes. We had zero control. Like never in one minute of that game. I don't think we had control. Um whereas Rangers we basically had eighty five minutes of control. Um, yes. So I think you got to look at it positively, but is it changing how I'm going to view the Arsenal game, for it, for example? Maybe slightly, but I'm not going to go in. We're going to tonk Arsenal now. We're back. It just, it, I think you just got to look at it and just. This is a promising start, but if we, if we play like we did against Brighton, like we did against, uh, like uh, against Arsenal, we will lose. Even yeah. maybe against in, in this Rangers game, we will have to improve on that to beat Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have to actually score a goal for an open play <laughs> against Arsenal. Um, but it's a nice starting point. And the most important thing that we keep saying is that he changed something. We're not just playing a 4-3-3 and having everyone do stupid things. He actually changed it. We look better structured. And we, got to t- we take that into the Arsenal game because he reverts back to type with the four three three, yeah, it's going to be all for nothing. It really is, and again, I, li- I like the fact that you kind of mentioned that you know um, we we're going to have to be on on the game on against Arsenal because a lot of those players that played, I'm going to think are most likely going to be starters against Arsenal, and what they mm-hmm. were maybe lacking. I mean, the quality has always been there, but I think the lack of confidence, and I think Jurgen Klopp alluded to this as well, that confidence is such a delicate thing, and you know, you don't, you know, you don't get, you don't turn into a, a bad player overnight, which is pretty much what happened after the. I I want to say the charity shield, right? Because I thought Liverpool played really well, and I was like, oh, I can't wait for this season. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fast forward the games and. Fulham and I'm like, what am I watching? So, you know, for Pep, man for man, I do think Liverpool are a better team. So I think, you know, just going into with that kind of confidence that they can play that kind of football. And it, to me, I mean, I'm going to ignore the fact that it was Rangers. It just felt like they just seemed a little bit more at ease with what they were doing. There was control, um, you know, there was pressing, you know, things that impressed me. There was pressing, there was winning back the ball, there was urgency, there was... um quick play um i also like the fluidity within the, mm-hmm. the with the attack as well um you know uh i thought you know tiago and uh, like you mentioned there henderson had you know such an easy thing you know easy ride of that game the defense looked very very competent the fullbacks i just felt like as a whole it all like you said 85 minutes it looked you know unfazed and you know mm-hmm. i i guess what i want to come to you now is like what aspects of um you know maybe maybe the the team or or specific players you know who kind of really really stood out for you because uh, you know um I think Trent got a lot of I'll start this one I think you know I have to go there and I think Trent got a lot of stick against uh, Brighton you know um and the build up to it as well with you know Southgate's comments and things and I want to get your thoughts on him because you said, and I agree with you, he looked, um, you know, less like he was sort of burdened with a lot of workload. He was allowed to play his his game. And let's be honest, when he plays his game, we look better. But, you know, um, I thought he had a wonderful game. And uh, that, that free kick, uh, it's just, 
Trent down to a tee and, you know, opening up the scoring at seven minutes. You know, I actually thought at that point it could be floodgates open, but obviously it didn't quite happen. But, I mean, mm-hmm. um, what impressed you about Trent's game? Um, for me, I just, I, I loved everything about him. And I felt like maybe um, this is where we see the best of Trent now, um, where he's allowed to be who he is. Yeah, I, I think what was impressive about Trent is it impressive about you? Probably impressive from Klopp. Is we left him to play right back. Yeah, who, we, who, knew? Uh, who knew not playing your right back as a striker is uh, is a good idea. Um, I'm yeah, sure that... against Brighton at one point he was playing central mid. I'm sure, like I know players yeah. change all the time, but like there was one t- one phase of the game where he was occupying the middle of the park, and I was like, what is going on? Like, yeah. It's just crazy. I think there was. I think I recorded UP last night, and I think they said, "Oh, they went through it on Monday Night Football." Carragher and Neville did. I think. I think it was Henderson, Trent, and two other people was our front four in the game. I'm like, how has that happened? <laughs> um, but yeah, just having Trent play right back, and we know the literal like Kevin De Bruyne esque quality he can bring in them mm. positions. Um, just that, and obviously he wasn't really tested defensively um, till the last five minutes or so and he, he did fine um but it's just it's just the competency of it because you mentioned the criticism he's got there it's deserved criticism because he's the best right back in the world and he's playing like a, he was playing like a championship player mm. um no i'm not saying gareth stop gets right because that's never the case um but he, he did deserve criticism and I think Klopp didn't need to change it because it's, this new system of having Trent play every position on the pitch just didn't work. Um, so yeah, it, it's just really good to see. And the free, I, I don't think I've ever been so surprised for a goal to go in because I've just given up on us scoring free kicks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when Trent's on it, I don't know, I do fancy it. I can't lie. Like he was quite close against Brighton as well. That's true. Maybe that was his warm up one. But yeah. it's just, it feels like I don't think we've scored a free kick since Coutinho was in. <laughs> It's just oh god, um, but no, it is really good to see. And if he has, I think he mentioned he had been practicing them in in um, in the post match interview. So if that's something else he can add to his repertoire, why not? He might actually end up back in my fantasy football team. But <laughs> baby step, we was playing City soon. Um, but no, it's really good to see. It's really good to see. And it's just roll on with that. Absolutely, and Trent, if you're listening, um, you know, being in Gareth Southgate's team is really, really overrated. Where you want to be is in Guy Drinkle's fantasy team. Exactly. I said, I said, that's where you need to be. I mean, so we've kind of started off with the good there, and of course, Trent um, opening up the scoring um, at seven minutes. Um, you know, quick control, and for me, um, again, um, it's a trend that I like to see where Liverpool don't go behind, and you know they they started that way against Ajax as well, getting uh, the lead, and I'm always shocked, and it happened again today. So that um, not today against Ajax, um, against Rangers. So that was always good. Um, so Trent impressed. Who else impressed for you? Because like you said, there was a lot of good performances. So you know, who do you feel like um uh, really really kind of helped Liverpool with that kind of performance and that kind of result? Um, I think there's a couple. I think Luis Diaz had a, mm-hmm. I don't even know the word for it, ferocious yes. game. He just doesn't stop. He's nope. just he's just one of them Luis Suarez. It's just it's a South American genes, isn't it? That's what yeah. it is. They just don't stop. Relentless. That's the word I'm looking for. It. He just he didn't score. I don't think he. Oh, he won the penalty, didn't he? Um, he did. Yeah. He just does not stop and. 
I think I've said this a couple of times. He reminds me of 16-17 Mane, where he was amazing, but the goals weren't coming. Mm. You see it in this lad. He is just Mane 2.0. And I think there's slightly different attributes and stuff like that. But when it clicks, when in front of goal clicks and he stops taking FIFA shots <laughs> every time he, he gets to the... He does, doesn't he? Like, he gets <laughs> yeah. the ball, he comes in and does a snapshot. Yeah. And he's always in the far corner as well. He's always in for like a far yeah. corner. Yeah. He just he saw Coutinho and went, I can do that again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but once it clicks in front of goal, maybe he stops taking the low percent shots or something like that, which we do train, obviously, because we don't shoot from distance anymore. Um, I, I, God, and maybe not Ballon d'Or worthy, but I, I think he's going to be up there as the next generation of best left wingers in the world. I, maybe he's already kind of there, but maybe we just got to wait out Neymar and other people like that um, before we get into that conversation. <laughs> but it's just, he's a scary talent. Um, Henderson, especially first half, I think was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was really nice to see because especially on AI with Dave being his best mate. Um, he does what get does he call him again? I, I forget. Brian. Brian, that's Brian. Um, so you can go back to being Jordan for this one. <laughs> um, but no, he was really good in the first half. I think he tired a bit and obviously got subbed off on 70. So I think second half, we didn't really need to ex- overexert ourselves, did we? But first half, excellent range of passing, kept it steady uh, in helping Trent, etc. Really good. Um, what did you make of Darwin? Because yes, he, can, he can't shoot. <laughs> he's been, is it is it Timo Werner or is it is it not that scary yet? I don't think it's that scary. Um, I'm, not, I'm sorry, I refuse to get that scary. It's quite funny to look at an opposition striker, isn't it, when they have that kind of form. So I'm, I'm assuming a lot of that opposition supporters are looking at Darwin Nunes thinking, oh, my God, what they got there. I think for me, um, it was really, really great to see him start. And he looked really lively. I love the fact that he occupies so much space. Um, I also like the fact that he was very, very interchangeable in that in that front lineup. You know, um, you know, they were all kind of changing up. He was, you know, my biggest fear was that, you know, will he just be asked to kind of um, just be the focal point and central? And I thought that the front three were yeah. quite fluid and quite moving into changing quite a lot. I feel like he is maybe just trying to score a beautiful goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel that, of course, you know, McGregor and, you know, we both probably watched it on BT Sport and, you know, he, he got two saves on him. Um, I personally feel like he could have done better. Um, I felt like they were too central, like too central, two at the keeper. I think if he puts it on either side of the keeper, keeper's got no chance. So I think in that moment, his decision making isn't overly great. However, I do believe once he gets his first goal, and maybe it's just me as a Liverpool sport, because I see the quality, I see the talent, I see what he does. You know, he's he's good with his feet, he's quick, he's strong. Um, I just feel like it's, I, I think maybe it's a psychological thing. And I think once the team starts getting a lot more rhythm, starts seeing a lot more ball, we start getting a lot more ball to him, I feel like we might see the best. I don't think it's team awareness scary just mm-hmm. yet. Your thoughts on him? He annoyed the life out of me. <laughs> oh, don't uh, be wrong. I mean, yeah. like, you should have done better with them shots. Yeah. I'm not going to sit there and think, oh, you tried. No, mm-hmm. no, no. You need to be decisive, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. I think he almost played it safe. And, and, and he didn't go for 
the side net, and I think Brundish mentioned this on UP, is, is finishing. He wasn't going for the perfect. He wasn't going for the striker finish. He was just trying to get it on target and get an easy goal. I think uh, maybe that's doing McGregor a, a disservice because he did play really well. But I feel like if that was Torres, mm. Sturridge, or whatever, I, I think they're putting him bottom corner or top corner or whatever. So maybe it is just a confidence thing, but. He does take a lot of shots. Um, he has to. He has to start getting clinical. But I think we just got to roll with him at this stage. I think I know Bobby and Jot are basically own Arsenal Football Club at this stage, mm. and I think we got to either pick Jota or or Bobby to play alongside, uh, play up front with him, or in the ten or however the hell we set up. Um, but we just got to roll with Darwin now. We we see the promise, the movements there, the link up play with Moore's there, which is probably the most important thing. Yes. Um, but he's playing against Darren Ramsdale. One of them, one of them will go in. <laughs> uh, but I I'll, I'll roll with him. He annoyed the life out of me, and maybe not a negative from the game, but it's just he wasn't answering the questions. That it's why Liverpool bad on Twitter is is still a thing. Um, mm. it's but I I think it will come. But if it doesn't. Yeah, it's uh, the team over, and a comparison is there, but I don't think we're at that stage yet because he just looks very Torresy, and that's very promising. But yeah, ro- roll on with him, roll on with him, play him, just play him every game now. Maybe rest him against the next Rangers game or something like that if we don't want to play him every minute. But Arsenal, City, try and put the fear of life into them teams rather than vice versa. Absolutely, and even if he just gets into those positions and occupies space and like sort of occupies defenders as well and makes room for, like you said, either like a Jota or a Roberto Firmino and, you know, players like that. Because, you know, that in itself, you know, and then they, I, I just want goals. You, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he, even if he is such a nightmare in that box where he's occupying defenders, like back in the day, what Luis Suarez did, where he would occupy like three defenders all around him. And it gave, um, you know, the freedom for the likes of Sterling and Sturridge to, and, you know, the Coutinho's to kind of do their little bits in that season, um, you know, um, Brendan Rodgers' best season. So, uh, you know, I, I just think I'm with you, um, especially when, you know, like you said, um, Liverpool pay big money. You also remember what he, how he played against Liverpool last season as well against Benfica mm. and then you, you're kind of hoping that but um, I, I think it'll come and um, but yeah I thought he could have done better because if you're like the focal point and you know you're big you're strong you're fast you know you have all those attributes that are really really desirable in 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 in, in the target man you know but you, you you want some goals against your name Um, I will agree with you on that one so we, we spoke about Darwin Nunes then. I'm glad you went there because I think it was important. <laughs> we had to go there. Um, who else do you think um, we spoke about Jordan Henson? Um, what did you make of Mo Salah in this game? Um, uh, and just the, front, just the front four in general. I want to talk about them as a whole. We spoke about Luis Diaz. What did you make of um, the other two lads in there? You know, Diogo Jota. I thought he had... Um, He's one of those players where he can be really quiet and then he comes to life for a little bit mm. and then he kind of disappears again. But what I do really like about him and what I really liked about him in this game was I thought that his movement was quite intelligent and um, I I almost felt like um, that, that quality of shot that he had in the second half was probably probably the most promising. And, you know, Mosala, um I feel like he's occupying the touchline less. I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Um, and, of course, you know, 
scored from the penalty and it was a gorgeous penalty. But what did you make of them two? Yeah, Jota, I think, just quietly efficient, yeah. really. It's mm. a, but I think that's always kind of been the player he was. I think, except yes. against Arsenal, where he's skinning like three people and putting it away. That's what he is. He just pops up and scores. Yes. Like he's not really he's good in the press. He's not he's not peak for me, you know, in the build up plays. He just gives it, moves on. Um and I think that's kinda of what we've seen from it. And it is it isn't that was a new position for him, probably since he was playing for Wolves, really. Um, being that second striker, number ten type role. Um so it is interesting to see that. Maybe it's not his natural fit. I kind of want to see more and Jota flip round in this formation because I feel like in them in the positions Jota picked up the ball, I want more in that position. Like maybe he could shift it to the right a smidge, but Darwin likes going to the left, so I think that could work slightly better. Um, but I thought both were good, but it just kind of I want to see more more involved in the dangerous areas. I think that's my only issue with this formation and obviously so far this season. Um, but what they both did, I mean, more he got the pen, had a few nice shots, mm. should have got an assist off Darwin, maybe a couple uh, of assists, but that one where he, he sent him through on the right side of the box, that that's a, that's a smashing pass. Um, but I, I think what we're seeing from more here is just versatility. He, he can be a creator, he can be a goal scorer. Yeah. Um, but I do miss goal scorer more, I won't lie, especially when we mention the, the finishing issues that some of our other strikers have. Um, but yeah, if we, maybe not against the next two opponents that we keep saying, but whenever we next have an eat, that probably range of the game, it's probably the next easiest game. I'd like to see more as the second striker. Um, maybe put Elliot on the right if we want to give him some more minutes or something like that, but getting Darwin and Moore next to each other, I think that could just be terrifying for most teams in the league. So I'd like to see that, but I thought Moore was probably in the conversation for man of the match. He was really good. Um, mm. The penalty, just the cherry on, on top of the cake, I think. Um, but yeah, Jota. Jota's just Jota. He doesn't... I think last, after his injury last season, there was certainly a, a decline in his effectiveness, but... We've yeah. seen it this season. He came back in the Ajax game. The the forward line looked much better. I think he's just a a nice player to easily connect with, really. Yeah, and I have to agree with you. With the, and I understand now, you know, like looking back at why maybe you were getting more and more frustrated with like Darwin Nunes and just in general, because I thought the build-up play um, was good, but it was just the cutthroatness. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the final the final kind of shot was not great. And I think that's been a trend for Liverpool all season. So I, I get where you're coming from. Okay, so we kind of spoke about, um, are there any play, any other players that you feel like need kind of highlighting or mentioning? I thought the defence looked really unfazed. I'm really liking um, Chimikas. I felt like, um, certainly in the first half, I think he was a lot more defensive. Um, and I think maybe, you know, like, I there's a lot more creativity on the right-hand side, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And if anyone was kind of driving very, really forward. Also, can I just say something about Tim Cass's hair? He, I'm not, my vision is not great. And with his top bun or man bun or whatever you want to call it, I was getting so, and they both wear number 20 shirts as well. Um, I think one wears... 27, Darwin Nunes, and what number is Jimmy Cass again? Is it 21? Yeah, so, you know, the one and the seven, for somebody who doesn't have the best vision, can be very, very confusing. 
but change your hair, man. It's confusing to me. Um, uh, I kept thinking, what's he doing there? Why, <laughs> why, is, why, why is Nunes playing left back? Why, why is he four and a half shorter? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, well, there you go. That, that, that just tells you everything about my um, <laughs> my vision. But, um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm liking him in. I, mm-hmm. I feel like we don't lose anything with Robbo being out. I mean, is there anyone that you want to highlight or do you want to just do... Um, respond to what I just said there and also he was absolutely monster in that um, uh, block I mean yes, it was moment, but my gosh you know that that save off the line you know absolutely crucial yeah absolutely absolutely um only thing I have left really is the subs kind of just gave range of the impetus to attack in the game yep I'm glad um, that. yeah um don't play Milner in a two-man midfield and then don't revert back to 4-3-3 when Milner in the two-man midfield's not working. Because <laughs> um, that just doesn't work. Um, love Harvey Elliott doesn't have a defensive bone in his body. <laughs> uh, Naby Kate was allowed back in Anfield again. I seem to be the only person who noticed this. I think it was like after one of the the second goal. He was there in the background. I've seen him. So he is alive. Oh, that's uh, good to know. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So he's hopefully he's been made he's made up with Klopp or whatever the hell's happened. But I actually I've seen Naby Keita with my own eyes, unless it's just my imagination. Um, but he was allowed back in. But no, I think the subs is just the concern. We like, oh my god, we're back to being us again. Um, but I think yeah. the change of formation kind of threw us again, didn't it? It made mm. us look a bit like you said vulnerable. And I mm-hmm. felt like within those five minutes, we did start looking a bit vulnerable. You know, like we spoke about the Chimikas. Um, you know, um. Clearance off the line. Ali um, uh, produces a, a big save from Cholak. Yeah. I felt like you know to bring them when they brought on their subs and when Cholak came on, you know, and again, you know, Milner doing what Milner does at the edge of the box. I've got it in my notes. Um, you know, like scary moments. But yeah, I I felt like um we were kind of um I don't know um making it harder for ourselves. Yeah. Uh, uh, luckily. The quality wasn't there from, you know, Rangers. But, you know, if that was any other team, they could have really, like, stuck it to us. And it has Yeah, they, they, they could have made that two-hole. No, that's a scary thing. They had two big chances. Yeah. Um, and if we drew that game, it would have been a travesty. Because, Rick, not to do us a disservice, but Rangers were dreadful. Yes. Yes, they were. And that's why my whole thingy of this whole result and performance has been very, very measured. Because they were literally a no-show absolutely you know like I, I, I wanted to say they might be the worst team in the Champions League but I think you know I think Maccabi Haifa might mind you Maccabi Haifa have scored a goal in the Champions League so maybe maybe Rangers are the worst as, as things stand um yeah they, they're not overly great um any other key moments from the game you want to discuss there or anything else you want to kind of highlight about the Liverpool game or should we just swiftly move on I think we've I think we've covered everything off the top of my head I think yeah. So, so with this formation, the four-two-three-one that we like, and it plays to our strengths because we have a lot of good attackers, and the the back four pretty much picks itself. Um. Also, side note, it's really nice seeing Konati on the bench. Um. I don't know what happened yeah. with Melo, but I didn't see him on the bench. Arthur Melo. I don't know what's going on there. He I'm... was ill apparently, or some. I've seen a few people on Twitter say he was ill. Okay. Cool. So ahead into this Arsenal game, just a quick one. I want to get your thoughts on this. Who um. Who's your starting um, uh, midfield and attack? Uh, same attack, um, and I'd just put Fabinho in for Henderson. 
fair enough. I, I think that makes complete sense. And I think, um, you know, very few people would argue with you on that one. Right, let's move on then. Oh, my gosh. So I thought, ooh, Ajax have taken the lead. That's good. Napoli mm. equalised. Oh, good, 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 good. Keep it like that. Keep it like that. Oh, did the floodgates open? 6-1 it finished. My word. I mean, can we... I, I don't want to talk too much about them because obviously we were too busy, busy watching the Liverpool game, so we couldn't mm-hmm. really give this game the entire focus that it probably deserved. Not going to lie, if Liverpool weren't playing, I would have watched that game because it's two heavyweights, right? Um, two decent teams. What did you make of that? I mean, I was like, gosh, they are so clinical. They are so scary. They are so good. I've been there, done that. Um, You know... <clears throat> I have to give them credit for, for going to go behind and just absolutely kind of sticking it to them. And that Kravat Scalia, I mean, like, he's traumatised us. But he had, you know, from the highlights I've seen, he was pretty much involved in all the attacking play, nice little flick on, just getting involved. Um, I felt like Ajax started turning really, really sloppy, though, in particular, you know, for their fourth goal, you know, from the goalkeeper and stuff. Um, And... W- Really good team goals, you know, um, working the ball really well around Ajax's box and getting the ball into dangerous areas to their men. I mean, what, I mean, what, what do you make of Napoli? Um, I think the best way to sum up this game is Ajax had a red card and BT's YouTube couldn't even be bothered to show it. <laughs> oh, yes, I did, yes. They didn't even have this question of it. It didn't matter. Yeah, just like, ah, it didn't matter anyway. It's crack on. Uh, but no, Napoli are terrifying. I just double-checked that. We play them on the last game of the group stage, which hopefully they'll be qualified and won every game by then. Yes. Um, so they may take it lightly on us, but yeah, I, I may have PTSD from what they did to us, so I probably wouldn't have watched that game. Um, but no, they they are excellent. I I'm no no lie, I don't watch much of Syria. I, it's probably the one league I would watch more of, um, just because it seems to be the only league in Europe that isn't a one team show. Now. Yes, yeah, it's <laughs> quite open. You know, it's yeah. quite yeah. I, yeah. I would agree with that, and it's quite fun. And you know, like also, like I think back in the day, like you know. I think Italian football was kind of renowned for being very, very defensive. And, mm. you know, you've got some, like, look at some of the goals that they've scored and some of the attackers and the creative players that they have. So I would definitely say, you know what, definitely check out the league. Right, let's move on. We're going to move on to Group D. Frankfurt nil, Spurs nil, Marseille for Sporting Lisbon 1. I mean... That group is wide open now, absolutely wide open. I mean, what have you? I mean, what did you make of that? I think Spurs, I they had a lot of, you know, they had a lot of the ball. They had, you know, a fair few shots, and uh, they only had, but they only had two on target. For me, they just looked a bit blunt, and you know, again, Frankfurt matched them with the shots on target, two on target. But I, I don't know if it's because they, they're missing Kulusevski because I thought they looked quite good at the beginning yeah. of the season with him in the mix. I don't know if it's um, the, the lurgy of what happened to them against Arsenal, um, you know, but that group is absolutely wide open now. So um, uh, what did you make of that one? Because I think this was like the hipster fun group. Sporting with six points, Spurs and Frankfurt both on four, and Marseille getting their first win, of course, against them. Sporting, now we're on three points. I think that group gets really, really good. Conte just doesn't like Europe, does he? <laughs> um no, it is really injured. I, I do agree with the Kulosevsky point. I think whether you rate Richarlison or not, he's obviously a good player, just whether what level of good he is. But Kulosevsky on the right, 
just brings balance to the team, and I think he knits every, everything together. Whereas you got Richarlis on the on there, basically Emerson. Let me let me pause. Emerson Royale has a right side to his own. That's <laughs> not a good thing. And I don't I don't think Emerson Royale's as bad as people make out. But yeah, that's not the case you want. Um, so I think it just adds balance to the team when he's there. But no, Conte just doesn't do Europe, does he? I think if if you if you offered him first or fourth now, I think he'd probably have a, a nice discussion with himself whether he actually wants to go through in the Champions League. Um, he'll just want to avoid the Europa League dropping um, spot, I think. But, yeah, I, I think Spurs, I think they have two games at home left, if I remember. I think they lost in Portugal, didn't they? And that was in, that was in Frankfurt. Mm. So I think they'll be counting on the, the home games to get them through. And if, if they get four more points, you'd probably get through. And Marseille, doesn't matter. I know France is a mad, madness for football uh, for football fans and stuff like that, but if needs be, Spurs should be able to beat Marseille. Like, it's the... It, to, well, to do it a disservice, let's be honest, League 1 is dreadful outside mm. of PSG. So if you need to beat a League 1 team, I'm not sure if it's the last game or the second last game, but if you need to beat them in France, you should do. Um, but yeah, I think Tottenham uh, need to pull their finger out because, let's be honest, it was a favourable group for them. It's a, it's a Europa League group. Um, it was fun, but Spurs should be winning that group comfortably. I would have to agree with you on that one. I thought they had probably the easiest. Right, we'll move on to um, uh, the next set of results. Um, and Bar- um, Bayern Munich being Bayern Munich against uh, Victoria Pilsen. 5-0, that one finished. You know, goals galore. I feel like Bayern Munich have kind of come back to a little bit of form. They absolutely smashed. I think it was Leverkusen over the weekend and um, and uh, um, on Friday, should I say. And, of course, 5-0 here. i tell you what was interesting. Inter one, Barca nil. Mm. Handball galore. You know, just <laughs> first gets the handball, but um, and Inter plays offside, so they didn't really pull it back for a penalty. Chinoglu um, scores, you know, fires it home for Inter. I mean, Pedri denied a goal because his mm. teammate, Ansu Fati, <laughs> touches his hand. And then injury time drama where an Inter player actually touches the ball and, you know, the ref goes to the AR, checks it, does, you know, doesn't award the penalty. And for me, the icing on the cake was Simone Inzaghi, um, Inzaghi's face at the end. But <laughs> my word, so much drama in that game. Yeah, and I think the weird thing is that the last handball was probably the clearest one. I'm, yes. I'm not, it's just, I don't know what that ref, that ref must have had a good envelope from somewhere. Um, yeah, it's just, it's an odd one because Inter looked quite dangerous on the counter-attack. And then as soon as the second half changed over, it seemed to be the Dembele show for, for quite a bit of it. Just every highlight was him trying to skin someone. Um, but yeah, I think Barca have kind of been done over by the ref a bit there because the handballs where it's deflected off someone and hit someone on the hand, it just feels really harsh. And then the Dumfries one at the end is like, oh, yes, he's basically punched the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, it's just insane. I mean, it's good. It's nice to see that the level of refereeing isn't just the Premier League. So that's probably the one, the one positive I take away from that. Uh. The positives. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, 
I like that group. That group said good. It's yeah. just a shame that them games kind of clash with us, right? Um, yeah, it's always that. It's always that way. We always you go. I'm watching Chelsea AC Milan, and the next day I'm like, this is dreadful. Yes, <laughs> I know. Else. I know. I know. I was like, that's the group I'm gonna watch. I hope it don't clash with Liverpool. And lo and behold, it happens. Right. Let us talk about the the last group that played that day, which is Group B. Oh gosh, I mean, I don't really want to go too much into it, but um, the the results were Porto two, Leverkusen nil. We sat there, manager who I believe Xavi Alonso is now the new manager. So watch mm-hmm. this space. Um, Club Bruges two, Atletico Madrid nil. I mean, oh my God, what is going on with Atletico Madrid? Um, what is going on with Atletico Madrid in the Champions League? And defensively, they look so so shaky. And um. Can we give a little shout-out to Simon Mignolet? So I thought he produced some big saves there. And Griezmann, you know, rattling the crossbar in the second half. You know, like... You know, just madness. Mm-hmm. And also the Porto game as well. If, if my memory serves me correctly, I mean, you know, Porto scored. It gets pulled back because um, the ref checks a VAR handball yes, in, yeah. in the Porto's box. And if Leverkusen scored that, you know, like, it just changes the complexion of the game. Or, you know, you'd potentially think it would. But... Athletic bottom of the group as things stand, and Bruges flying. It's all. I think that's the one game I didn't see the highlights for, so I picked a good one there. It's just it. It really looks like Simeone's time at Athletic's done. Um, it, I, I'm not sure where they are in La Liga, but I'm guessing it's not pretty. If my keyboard had worked, La Liga. Another uh, fifth. That's not too bad, but. Considering they won the league a couple of years ago, it's not great, is it? Um, no, it just it does look like that. I mean, you mentioned the drop off there. They used to be the most feared team in Europe because they were just hate, just hate playing. Like even we we got the tail end of it, didn't we? With the yeah, with the Adrian Terror. God, no, don't want to mention that game, but we remember that game. Um, but in the mid two thousands, they were the worst team in the in the world to play. And you look at it now. Like, the centre-backs have gone from being Gordine and Jimenez being the most exciting young centre-back in the world. And Hermoso, uh, who's that dreadful one? Um, the other one, who, I can't remember his bloody name, that's how bad he is. It's just, ah, uh, the drop, I think the entire drop-off of that team is just, it's almost criminal. They went from being the, the best unit in the world to just having average players. Um, but I think it just needs a refresh, maybe change manager at the end of the season because you can't you can't sack Sion. He could probably get them relegated and he wouldn't deserve sacking. Um but uh Leverkusen it's really interesting to see Xabi Alonso. No idea how he did as a as a junior or B team manager, whatever the hell it was in Spain. Mm. Um but he seems to have fans in Germany because I think Gladbach looked at him in the summer. So and Leverkusen's obviously a huge team, interesting young squad by the looks of it as well. So it'd be good to see if Xabi's actually a good manager, or is he going to be? Is he going to be one of these ones that's it's Gerard? It, I think Kaut's apparently a bad man, doing badly as well. So maybe it's a Liverpool curse with us or something like that. But um, yeah, and Bruges, I don't think I've seen them play. But to be nine points clear and basically a point away from qualifying, I'm just well done. I mean, getting a Belgium yeah. team through into the knockouts it would be would be massive. Yeah, you said that. I can't. I think we both. You said I can't think the last time a Belgian team made it. So yeah, um, credit and Minule just, um, uh, you know, showing the world that he is actually a very, very good shot stopper. And you know, of course, Griezmann just rattling the crossbar. So yeah, um, you didn't really miss much. Um, but I think I agree with you. I think um, it looks like his time is done there with Atletico Madrid. Um, there's only so far you can go, right? Um, I, 
some results. Salzburg one, Zagreb nil, Man City five, Copenhagen nil. Only two goals, a brace for Haaland. I mean, he's shitting, he will, to be fair, to get some Dreadful. stuff. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Sell him, you know, replace him, drop him, whatever. Yeah. Send him oars. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And, um, Sevilla one, Dortmund four. I think Sevilla are just naturally, naturally just dreadful, right? <laughs> yeah, they've sacked the manager as well. Um, who's going, probably going to Wolves by the looks of it. So that's a step. Is that a step down? It must be at this stage. Um, yeah, it's Man City. It's Copenhagen. Who cares? Albeit we'll return to that with a segment later because we have, we have something to discuss. Because the, the Copenhagen goalkeeper was man of the match, so pure sheer given vibes. Um, but yeah, just Dortmund, Sevilla just looked like a team that's finished as well. But Dortmund, Jude Bellingham played well, which fingers crossed means something for us next summer. Um, or, or adds a few million to his price tag. Yes, it's, uh, it's a lot. We'll have to skip on yacht paint next summer, John. Um, but yeah, it's just Man, Man City. Man City are qualified from that group because um, Sevilla looked done unless whoever the hell their next manager is turns it around massively. And and to be fair, Copenhagen they just got drawn in a really difficult group, so it's harsh on them. But to get a point, I'm presu- yeah, it was against Sevilla, I presume. Um, well, well done to them. Uh, maybe they can nick into the uh, Europa League. Maybe they can. Maybe they can. Right. Let's 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 kind of move on. Let's move on. Um. <clears throat> I kind of um, touched there on on Salzburg Zagreb, so I'm guessing we both watched this game Chelsea Milan. I know I did. I'm guessing yeah. you did as well. Um, we'll briefly just talk about it. Um, what did you make of it? Because I thought Milan started off really well, and um, I felt like after that goal went in by Fofana, um, uh, you know, it came from a, a free kick, and then I think a couple of corners, and uh, they just saw joy Fofana. It was scrappy, it was messy, but he got the goal. But for me, I just felt like Milan were just kind of like, I don't know, their heads dropped. And, you know, they kind of lost themselves. And in the second half, even more so. So yeah, very think, easy for Chelsea. Yeah, I think as soon as they they got the one, as you say, I think it just they just died to death. Um, but Milan are missing a lot of players. Um, mm. Magnon, obviously, the excellent goalkeeper. We remember him from last season where he, mm. he played amazing against us. This is the sort of game for Zlatan, big, big stage. I know Giroud's kind of been important for them, but Zlatan's basically Giroud on steroids. Uh, Hernandez is one of the best left-backs in the world, and I'm pretty sure Calabria is their starting right-back unless Dest's overtaken that. So they are missing a lot of mm. a lot of starters. There aren't even options from the bench. Um, Salamakas, uh, Kiar, uh, Florenzi, etc. Um, so I think... They probably played Milan at a good time there, and Chelsea did need this confidence boost because they beat Palace, but it was well. I, haven't, I don't think I've seen, I haven't seen the highlights, but unconvincing. Obviously, Silva probably should have been sent off at the weekend, yes, um, as well. But they looked in control as soon as Fafana got that goal. Who did come off in? He came off injured, didn't he? So that might yes, be a concern did, for yeah. them. But Reese James is really good. Um, he's almost as good as Trent. Lol. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just Kovacic is a mint in midfield. Um, Aubameyang Sterling looks like a nice little combination at the minute. I maybe should, maybe not sure if a pot a long term if that'll work, but Sterling looks. 
I think Sterling played on the right, which I, I've always thought suited him better, because when he was peak at Man City, it was signing on the left, Sterling on the right. So I think if they continue with that, it should be interesting. Um, but yeah, as soon as Chelsea took the lead, I think it was only going to go one way. But Rafa Leal is a big man. And we, if mm-hmm. we ever need a new forward and he doesn't cost a bazillion pound, yes, please. And he's Portugal, so he passes the Julian Ward test. Well, there you go. Yeah, I, I felt like there was moments of brightness it was coming from his side. I, I will agree with you on that one. And very nearly, um, uh, um, I think it was, was it towards the dying minutes of the first half where he whips in a cross, right? And mm. um, I can't think which, which player just kind of skies it. I think it was Kroonich, I think. That's it, that's it, yep, that's it, yeah. You know, so the, that, that's where, the, you know, like in the first half where I, I thought that they had something about them and then obviously, like you said, they just tailed off and big injuries, like you said. Right, you spoke about um, Graham Potter there and his long-term striking partnership, so let's go there. Leipzig 3, Celtic 1, um, Unkoku um, gets a goal in that one. Real Madrid 2, Shakhtar 1. Anything you want to kind of say about those games that you watched or any any takeaways? Celtic are good. They're, they're well-managed, but like Postacoglu, mm. I'm surprised I can actually say it now, um, he will be in the Premier League sooner rather than later. Um, Hart threw it away for me. Um, Joe mm, Hart was absolutely yes, useless yeah. for the second yeah. goal, and you know, like because they were in it at that point. Like you said, um, Kyogo um, uh, pulls one back, right? So it's uh, one. I one... think it was Jota, I think. I oh, think. was it? Oh, yeah. I think Kyogo gave the assist, if I remember correctly. Yes, sorry, I am not reading my notes properly. Yeah. Yes, yes, you're right. Celtic knowledge is not something that everyone has, to be fair. <laughs> Sorry, people. Yeah, yeah but Hart, well, what we can say Hart kind of threw it away, and then, of course, yes. it did finish 3-1 in that one. And I think just this is just standard from um, Real Madrid, in my opinion. I think they just quietly get on with things. Um, I thought, um, uh, you know, 2-1 it finished. Rodrigo with the first goal. Uh, Vinicius Junior with the second. I thought it was a lovely team goal. It's nice to see Benzema again as well because, you know, I do like him as a striker. I think he's um, exceptional. Yes. So, um, a lovely team goal there. So, that one finished 2-1. And I guess the last group that we want to talk about is um, Ju- um, uh, Juventus finally finding something about themselves. Juventus 3, Maccabi Haifa 1. Benfica one, PSG one. Um, uh, anything you want to kind of talk about those games? Anything you want to add? Um, I guess I want to give a little special shout out, and uh, I'm gonna get my plug in early. My probably my player of of the round would probably be the Maria three assists, and just having that. Cause I think Juventus have looked very, really blunt and very, really toothless. Yep, it has been a really, really rubbish opposition in Maccabi Haifa, but. You know, getting three assists and having a really, really good game from the highlights that I saw, I'm going to give it to um, Di Maria. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that one. Um, Juve have just been chocking this year. Um, just playing football from a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Um, need to modernise. Um, yes, to yes. Catch up. But probably a shout out for Benfica because I think most people have seen PSG as this steamrolling force because they look more organised than usual um, with Galtier instilling some discipline by the looks of it and actually like rotating the three world-class players up front um, at the risk of upsetting them, which, oh my God, it's what managers do. But Benfica, who seem to have been in a bit of a downward patch because I think Porto have dominated Port, no, I think Sporting won uh, a couple of years ago, but I think it, Benfica was certainly seen as the third for a couple of years. 
Mm. Um, but to be combative against a team like PSG, and I know the group stage does kick up results. So, yeah, go on, sorry. According to my foot mob, they had a better XG as well, 1.39 yes. to PSG's uh, 1.0. And mm. uh, eight shots for Benfica, 15 for Paris Saint-Germain, which you'd expect. Six for Benfica, seven on target for uh, Paris Saint-Germain. So... Yeah. Donnarumma had a worldie as well, um, going off the highlights. So, yeah, it's really impressive to see Benfica. But uh, Roger Smith, who used to be a highly thought of coach, looks like mm-hmm. he's getting the best out of them. Um, but PSG, Messi doing messy things. Um, yeah. He didn't seem to do much else, but <laughs> you don't really need to when you when you finish like that. But, yeah, Di Maria, it's always been an interesting player, especially because he hates Man United more than any Liverpool fan, seemingly. Um, it, free... free um, assists for him but it is against Maccabi Haifa um, yeah it's just they're just going to end up in the Europa League I think because they, they won't beat PSG the way they're playing and I think Benfica should have enough to get a four points remaining so yeah it'd be uh, Juventus in the Europa League it'd be like Barca last year it'll be sad times well, they have had a history or a trend of being knocked out in the last 16, so maybe it'll do them a little yeah, bit true. of a, a service, you know, because they've not really been adding much to the mixing in the cutthroat stages. Right, guys, so we've kind of discussed everything there. I mean, for you, I'm going to ask you, who's your Aldi Moreno um, man of the match? Was it Di Maria? Camille Grabara for Copenhagen. Lost 5-0, was man of the match in the game, but more importantly, he looked like little Captain America because he had a mask on and it looked funny. So that's my man of the match. Pure sheer given vibes, being the man of the match in a 5-0 loss. Well, there we go. And he used to play for Liverpool and is one of Michael Edwards' young Polish goalkeeper experiments. So the ah. narratives are there. I'm one man of the match. Okay, I, I don't. I didn't hear a complaint here from me. Okay, and it is such a hipster kind of Albi Moreno kind of shout as well. So definitely, definitely on brand there. There's some quite nice goals. Um, anything that tickled your fancy? Anything that kind of impressed you? I thought there was quite a few nice ones in in the Bayern Munich um uh, thumping of um yes of um uh, Vic- Victoria Pilsen, um, my personal shout, and it probably wasn't the best on the night, but I loved what Sadio Mane did to create his goal, you know, mm. from, from a throw-in, just take the ball, run into a load of space, get past a few defenders, bully them, and just take a shot. And um, he's had a lot of criticism, and it was kind of nice to see him getting a goal and having a little dance with him. I think it was Alfonso Davies, um, that hurt me a little, can't lie, but that was probably my shout. I do think um, Asane's second goal was stunning for him, yeah. but your thought, your, have you got a shot that you thought was, ooh, that's a nice goal? Um, I really like Rafa Guerrero's. Um, I think it was Dortmund's <laughs> opener against Sevilla. Really, I think it was Bellingham who had the really nice pass, and it's just a lovely finish. Mm. And left-footed finishes are always better. Uh, Messi's was really nice as well, but yes, I think was. Guerrero's was uh, just slightly better. I like it. I like it. Okay, so I think that's pretty much it. I mean... Anything you want to add about the Champions League? Any takeaways? Um, any any final thoughts before we shut this pod off? It's been quite boring, hasn't it? There's not really been any huge shocks. I don't think Napoli beating us is a shock, but maybe Salzburg being top of their group's a bit of a shock. But and Bruges as well, you know. Oh, the Bruges, yeah. But there's not there's not been a Sheriff Tiraspol beating a Real Madrid, has there? It's just it, it's lacking something like that, I think. 
Well, let's hope next week it's not Rangers sticking the sword to us. Oh, Look God, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Careful what you wish for there, Guy Drinkle. Right, okay. So that is the end of this Euro Incision podcast with myself and Guy Drinkle. Um, a massive thank you to everyone that's listening. We really, really appreciate it. Give us your feedback. Who was your player of the tournament? You can say Trent Alexander-Arnold or whoever you want to say. It's absolutely fine. And um, uh, and also your, your favourite goal as well. But, Guy, before I let you go, I know you're very, very busy and you're, you're, you're in hot demand and rightly so, but where can people find you on social media and is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, at Guy Drink will be tagged in the show on Twitter if you're over there. Um, uh, AI stuff, you know, but I was on Tadiwa's show over on the EPL side, just Ooh. previewing and predicting the upcoming weekend of Premier League action. And he made me pick in an astoundingly good segment, which had sound effects and everything. <gasps> yes, cornered animals list. So I had to pick three teams that were surprisingly dangerous. And did Liverpool make appearance? Yes, they did. Ah, oh, we got up our game. We need some sound bites. You know what? I should have. We should have an Albi Moreno sound bite of him saying, "Unbelievable, Jeff." Unbelievable, Jeff. Unbelievable, Jeff. <laughs> oh, I think we get done for copyright. But yeah, um, uh, um, uh, everyone do check out um, uh, Tad Predictable, right? Um, on on EPL. Um, do do check that podcast out and uh, give Guy Drinkle a follow and all the work that he does on on AI. But guys. Thank you so much for listening to Euro Incision Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the results, um, it one in particular, and um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Take care. We will be back next week. Um, uh, so, yeah, till next time, take care and up the reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go... We'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.